2: Back into it, it's our two, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Logger, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We say hi to Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland, OWH on Twitter. Evan, some thoughts uh, to get into on Nebraska football, Coach Glenn Thomas, and some Husker hoops and big red baseball, all of that. But first and foremost, I uh, want to ask you about this recent Zillow survey. They asked uh, what, uh, what neighbor. Would most Americans want to live next door to? And mm. if you can think of the sports world, uh, what what uh, what neighbor would you pick? What what sports figure, or athlete, or coach would you want to be uh, be neighbored up with?
1: Oh boy! Uh, you know, I'll put out one of my favorite athletes of all time i'll throw tim duncan out there i mean he's he's going to be pretty quiet he's going to uh you know do all the fundamentals of home ownership he's going to keep a good lawn if uh you know i need my gutters cleaned he's right there he's seven feet and it just very approachable history of success he's not working every day i think that'd be a great neighbor to have
0: OK, and I, I like you and I are on the same page is that there's a lot of cool people you could live next to Evan. But I want to have peace of mind in my own home, like living next to someone famous is cool every once in a while. But for the most part, I want a neighbor that is clean, keeps to themselves for the most part, is quiet. Like, I don't want to be calling the cops on my famous sports star neighbor because now I'm in TMZ and stuff like you're, <laughs> you're on the right page here.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could go, like, Johnny Manziel or something, but, like, I just, you know, I'm not sure what the day-to-day is going to be like in those kind of situations. Yeah, give me some consistency, a little bit of quiet. You know, I don't want a, bit, a, lot, of, a lot of turnover in that house. He strikes Tim Duncan strikes me as a guy who would stay in the same place like he did with the Spurs for all those years. So, uh, yeah, give me that consistency.
2: Zillow's Reveal says the most desirable neighbor, neighbor of 2024 is Travis Kelsey. Hmm. Followed by Patrick Mahomes and then Odell Beckham.
0: Evan, uh, we have Chuck chiming in on the the stream saying the athlete he'd least like to live next door to is OJ. Do you have an athlete you'd least like to live next to?
1: OJ, that's good. That's That's what I
2: said during the break.
1: That's really good. I I don't know that I can top that. Um, I I I, personally said Antonio Brown. You talk about peace of mind, there's none of that there. And, and like, what are you talking about over the fence? Like, you know what you want to talk about, but.
2: No, Juice, you can't use my hedge clippers. (laughs) Or
0: my gloves. (laughs) Allegedly. That's great. No, that's perfect. No, OJ, these gloves won't fit you. You can't use
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, 30 years later, it's still awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I, or not. I personally said Antonio Brown, but I think OJ is the elite answer here. Antonio
1: Brown, that's good, too. Doggone. Um, I mean, there, there, are, there are quite a few, unfortunately, that you could probably get to. But, uh, yeah, I, I think OJ – I mean, I'll go with OJ. I'm going to adopt that answer. That's perfect.
2: Um, Steve, for the win, Anna Kornikova. Okay he that's who he'd live next to, and good on you steve for for bringing tennis to the forefront of hail varsity hour two uh football is where we go now uh rule is celebrating how tonight, probably a bourbon and a steak uh birthday number forty nine
1: yeah yeah, probably speaking of neighbors, he'd be a good one to have too. I think he'd be uh, you know he'd be chatty and engaging, but like knows when to like read social cues and move on. So <laughs> I think you could put him in that mix too.
2: Read social cues. I love that. what do you think uh, Glenn Thomas's introduction to Nebraska last night was on the network and had a pretty lengthy interview with, uh, with Greg and uh, you know, we, we kicked off the show talking about this and it, it, he said all the right things, but I think he said some important things and, and Evan, the, the quarterback work ethic, is something he highlighted that I think is is, going to be big for the Big Red here this spring and beyond.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, to your your point, like he said all the right things. He was excited about being here and the facilities and the fan base were more than he expected. But I mean, I, I tried to kind of key in a little bit more on what he's talking about with what, how he'll approach that quarterback position moving forward. And he was complimentary of uh, Dylan Raiola and Daniel Kalin. He knew a little bit of Raiola when they were both in the (laughs) Phoenix area a couple years ago, uh, you know, at different levels of football. Um, Hadn't met Henrik Harbour before either, but, um, you know, I thought what he said when he was asked about intangibles uh, with the quarterback, what makes a good quarterback, he said intangibles. And it talks about Matt Ryan, who maybe at, with the Atlanta Falcons, when he worked with them there, didn't have the biggest arm, wasn't the most athletic guy around, but had a knack for getting the football out when it needed to get out and where it needed to go. And they built an offense around that. And so, you know, I, I think his, emphasis on identifying skill set on getting to know players identifying what they like to do what they feel like they're good at doing and then starting to build an offense around them is apt for what the the situation that nebraska is in because i do think the three scholarship quarterbacks that i just mentioned do have different abilities different skill sets different strengths And so that's going to be one of his main tasks over the course of the next however many months is going to be to uh, get to know these guys on a personal level, on a a skill, talent level, and then assess and game plan accordingly. And so he had a line, too, about uh, identifying or acknowledging what players are good at and then majoring in that. I think that's a key approach is Nebraska's moving forward. So somebody who is, has the experience, again, working with NFL quarterbacks, working with 18-year-old true freshmen like he did at Arizona State and now is doing again at Nebraska, I think he, he strikes me as a guy who knows how he wants to communicate, and right now he's in the information-gathering phase with his new quarterbacks in his room.
0: Evan, one of the unique parts of of this job for Glenn Thomas, which I brought up back in hour one, is it's it's pretty unique to him when you look across the college football landscape of all assistant coaches is that Glenn Thomas, he's got to work kind of hand in hand with personal quarterbacks coaches. And I particularly think of, of Jeff Christians and his work with Raiola. Not many coaches across the country have to do like like. Donnie Ryle doesn't have to go to these uh, his lineman's individual position coaches and, and work with him and make sure they have a plan for development, but that is something Glenn Thomas has to do whenever you look at the history of Ryle and the high-level quarterbacks and quarterback coaches he's worked with is in order to, to not screw him up, you have to make sure that your plan is also hand-in-hand with the plan of a personal quarterback's coach. So I want to get your thoughts on how how we from the outside can evaluate how that is working. Is that just coming down to how well Ryola plays in the field? Is there anything we can look for in press conferences, reading in between the lines? How can we see if that relationship behind the scenes is a relationship that's working out?
1: Well, I think there needs to be some level of collaboration. If you have a quarterback who's working with a private trainer, um, you know, between that person and their position coach at a college, uh, you know, I, I think when you're talking about working with a trainer, oftentimes it's mechanical stuff. It's throwing motion, it's footwork, it's release point, all this stuff. Um, whereas with the position coach, there's certainly that as well, but it's there's also a lot more about the offense and how you are processing um, your reads and how are you going through that. And, and that that can be a little different depending on the offense that you're in. And so that's – where and Glenn Thomas said this in his radio interview, they're starting from square one when it comes to learning the offense right now, because rail is a a, a brand new enrollee. Glenn Thomas has been on staff for two weeks. And so they're going to be going through that learning process together. Uh, what, Thomas and Riola have more of a working base of knowledge in right now is the mechanics of it. I mean, you know, Thomas Glenn Thomas could talk to any quarterback in the country and, and probably have thoughts on how they should throw or, or go through the mechanics of it. Riola's been working with trainers and, and, you know, had interactions with former NFL quarterbacks for most of his childhood because of his dad. So I, that, I think that's the area where there's going to need to be more communication up front just to get on the same page of where they are. And I think when you talk about evaluating it, uh, you know, there's, there's not a ton of um, I guess, touch points for that other than games and seeing that, yeah, the mechanics maybe are where you need them to be. The throws are are accurate. There's confidence in what he's doing. I think we've all seen quarterbacks through the years at Nebraska and elsewhere who have gone through mechanical changes. And it's pretty evident uh, that there's just no, consistency no repeatability in those deliveries and so i think that's probably what i would look for is just that uh, ability to do it over and over again at a consistent level nebraska talks about wanting its quarterbacks to hit a completion rate of at least 60 percent every season so i think that's probably a benchmark i'd look at to start
2: evan uh signing day 2.0 a week from today and how do you feel uh, with Nebraska as we loom towards that day? Keona White, a big edge rusher, uh, has Nebraska in its final three. And any surprises, uh, in your opinion, or additions you think could be a reality for Nebraska in, in about a week?
1: It's not seeming that way right now. You know, you mentioned Will Hyde. I, I think he, we, we have it on our site today. It looks like he'll be announcing somewhere within the next week, maybe not even waiting until – Signing day uh, a week from now, so you know we'll see how that goes. But as you know, as far as I can tell, that's kind of the only line they have in the water, so to speak, right now. Um, certainly, the staff has shown a willingness over this last month to beat the bushes a little bit and to to check in on some different prospects that may not have signed in the early cycle. But I think ultimately, just the reality with the roster numbers, the work that they did in December. To, to shore up uh, this class, both out of the high school ranks and then through the transfer portal, didn't leave them a ton of wiggle room on the back end. And, and again, typically, it, it kind of the reality of it now is that most of the impact players that you're going to see have already signed somewhere. So you never say never with recruiting; something could always, uh, you know, fall through. But at, at this point, it looks like Nebraska is probably going to stand pat, and I think they're pretty happy with the haul they have coming in. Yeah.
0: Evan, whenever you you look at that haul that's coming in, I mean the 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 benefit of Will Height is that it's at a position where the Husker coaching staff is showing a willingness to put young guys on the field, and you think that's that's an interesting potential development. It's maybe Will Height can get some early playing time. But I want to get your thoughts whenever you look at that class and based on early reports we're hearing out of winter conditioning. What other spots do you think there there could be a a path to early playing time for some of these players based on the history we've seen. I know it's only one year under Rule in his staff, but also based on team need.
1: Well, you know, I think long-term this class uh, might be remembered for the offensive line talent it brings in. I think, you know, from Grant Briggs to Preston Tamua to, uh, you know, on down the line, like there are a number of players there that you feel like long-term could be really – multi-year starters for Nebraska, especially when that offensive line really turns over before the 25 season, uh, you know, shorter term, it feels like it's a class where you could see some freshman breakthrough at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, Ja'Cory Barney is a guy that you can look at who could make a leap right away. Um, you know, there, there are others, I think on, on this, on the, on that class too, when you look at just that position group in general, it's a really young, Group, But you've got, uh, you know, Isaiah Nayor, who's back there now, Jamal Banks, both transfers will be uh, instant impact guys. But I think you could see a freshman there, much like we saw with Malachi Coleman last year and and others. So that's probably one area I would look at, Um, you know, the, the kind of the pass rushing jack line. Spot, we saw some success last year with guys like Prince Will and Cam Lenhart. So you, you look at a guy like Willis McGahey maybe as somebody who could come in right away. I mean, he had some monster numbers out of Miami uh, high school, um, just getting after the quarterback and being disruptive. That's someone who you would think could maybe come in early. Um, but, uh, you know, defensively, there's I think there's a lot of depth on Nebraska right now. Uh, middle linebacker is a spot that I think that'll be curious what the depth turns out to be there, um, but I think it'll be hard to crack the starting lineup or the, the you know the, the the number ones so to speak on that side. And then you know on the other side you will see a number of new faces. Dante Dowdell at running back. I know he's not a freshman, but a second year guy and a new player in the lineup. Uh, you would think he's got to be one of the odds on favorites for some major time, and and obviously a certain five star. A quarterback that everybody's mm-hmm. aware of has a pretty good chance to uh, make an early impact as well. So that's kind of where I would start. I think it's actually encouraging that there aren't a lot of areas where you point to and say Nebraska needs a true freshman to come in and start there. I think it speaks to the depth that they're building um, more than it does any sort of lack of star power, um, you know, Carter Nelson would be another example of a guy, even though he's not enrolling early, who could potentially get some looks. Um, but I, I think the teams in a, in a healthier spot than it's been in a while when it comes to asking some of these guys to do stuff right away.
2: Evan, about thirty seconds, uh, Nebraska baseball, and you know what? As as you've kind of got things kicked off with Big Red baseball. What's going to be a a early strength, or what could be an early strength? Again, short turnaround here, but uh, what's a strength for this baseball team here as, as Will takes the reins here and, and goes into year five?
1: Well, I think it'll be pitching depth. I mean, that kind of it's it's kind of weird to say because they don't have a definite starting rotation out there right now, uh, but I do think they have a number of. Starters that, that they'll figure out as they go, probably starting with Drew Christo, Will Walsh, maybe Brett Sears, and then uh, maybe the deepest bullpen they've had in recent memory. I mean, I have four or five guys who've been closers at the college level, um, some experience. They brought in a really strong junior college class. That's where I would start. I think that the offense will be different. It won't be maybe as powerful, but a little bit more dynamic. But I would start with the pitching and the depth that they have.
2: We'll uh, dive a little further into to Husker Baseball next time, Evan, but uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Good to spend a few minutes, and thanks for taking time with us today. Thanks, guys. All right, Evan Bland with us, and find him on Twitter at Bland, O W H, and, uh, of course, read him with the World Herald. A couple of things, more of your comments on who you do and who you don't want to be your neighbor from the sports world. And uh, McAfee and... Yeah, even a little Mahomes this afternoon. We'll tell you about it next.